Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Everybody, just wanted to give a quick uh, message here before uh, this episode starts. We recorded this back in about July. I saved it because I thought this was probably the time to air it when people are starting to watch the bowl season and really kind of getting ready for rookie drafts, stuff like that, uh, getting ready to possibly start a new league and thinking maybe a Debbie league is what I want to start. So as you watch college football, you know, think about this Debbie concept. You know, if there's any player takes in here, obviously things might have changed in the last five months or so. So don't hold that against Katie. She's great. If you need help, reach out to her. She came on just to help me kind of understand the Debbie League in general. So that's what this episode is. Hope everybody enjoys it. Thanks a lot. Welcome back to Fantasy Insanity. I'm your host, John Bosch. Tonight, I am joined by the queen of Debbie, which is exactly what she's here to talk about tonight. So, Katie, uh, Katie Flower of UTH, I'm sure everybody knows her by now. Thanks for joining me. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you, John? Thanks. I'm excited to be here. I'm doing all right. I'm looking forward to learning uh, so, some detailed information about a Debbie League. I've never played in one, obviously. I've, I've, this is my first time jumping in the Dynasty this year. So, I, I really want to, I do want to learn about, you know, what a Debbie League is because it is different. But before we get into all, before we get into okay. that, um, you know, when when did you start playing fantasy football? I started playing fantasy football. I think it was about six years ago. It was redraft, and I got into it from a friend of mine. He gave me three days' notice before the draft. I had to cram. My season stunk. I had Jamal Charles, and he got hurt. He was my best player, and then he got hurt, and. Uh, Steven Jackson just stunk it up and my wide receivers were crap. And, uh, so I learned a lot on the fly and then I didn't get disappointed, came back the next year, joined several redraft leagues and just really immersed myself in learning the strategies. I'm a very strategic person. Uh, I don't like to get beat. I'm very competitive. And so I, I don't mind putting in the time to study. It's, it's so much fun. It made it de- definitely makes the games so much more fun to watch. And I love college football uh, as well as NFL football. So a couple of years ago in the 2014 season, I got my first uh, foray into Dynasty and absolutely love Dynasty because in redraft, there, aren't, there isn't very much trading. And there's only the one draft at the beginning of the year. With Dynasty, there's a lot more trading, and there's always going to be a rookie free agent draft. Okay, so then once you once you jumped into Dynasty, and you know you're you're watching players that you're keeping for more than just that year, you caught that bug rather quickly going from redraft to Dynasty. 
Do you still play any redraft? Have you gone back to that I, at all? I do. I have, uh, since that first year of, of finishing very poorly, I've done quite well, and I play in my local uh, leagues as well as some online with strangers, but uh, the one Survivor League with all the people that were on Survivor on Amazing Race, it was kind of uh, reality TV based. I still compete against them every year as well in redraft. So I probably have Wait. about four or five, four or five redraft leagues, and then I am in forty dynasty leagues. Okay, wait a second. Uh, now I don't know this story. Oh, okay. Uh, how are you in a How are you in a league with people from Survivor and Amazing Race? For the last ten years, I've been going to either Cocoa Beach, Florida, or Orlando for a charity event, and okay. you get to meet and hang out with for four days the people that were on the television show Survivor, which is one of my favorite television shows. I even applied a couple of times and ate a lot a spider on my interview and everything, and still didn't get a call back. Uh, and uh, Amazing Race and other reality shows also have people there, and so you hang out with them. Uh, I was volunteering to help giving them rides back and forth from the airport into the different events and helping raise money for the charity, Give the Kids the World. And it's down in Orlando, very good charity, a lot of fun event. We have a golf tournament and just uh, usually raise all year. And uh, so once I get to meet and play with these guys and gals that have been on the show, we become friends on Facebook and I hang out and talk to them and, one of the uh, guys that runs the charity asked me if I wanted to play in the football, fantasy football, and I said, sure, and I've been in that redraft league ever since. Okay, now, I'm a huge <laughs> Survivor and Amazing Race fan. There you Literally, go. like, if you ask me what two shows would you want to continue to watch if they were only two shows and they're not sports, it would, it would probably be those two because they change every year and they're always a little bit different, and I love the strategy and the social element that, that, is, exactly. that takes place in those games. Um, Me too. All right, so I, I got to ask, are, are you dominating in that league, or are there is there anybody that we're going to know that's a pretty good fantasy football player? I won it last year. Uh, the Actually, the first year that I played, Danny Boatwright, who won uh, Survivor, I think it was Guatemala. Pretty sure it was Guatemala. Uh, she won the whole season and she's played on and off. Uh, one of the guys, uh, Ed Snyder from Naked and Afraid was in it last year. He's not that good uh, at <laughs> fantasy football. And uh, the twins from Amazing Race, I can't remember, the Jordan, um, they're from New York. He, he's often playing and it varies. You know, each year it changes up. Um, and then there's some fans that are involved in the league as well. There's 12 teams, so I've got my spot. I won it all last year, and uh, in fact, I was in four redraft leagues, and I won every single one of them. Nice. That That is a good season. I look yeah, forward exactly. to having a season like that someday. Someday. <laughs> Instead of spending time making leagues, I want to spend time winning leagues. That, that'll be way more fun, I think. Well, maybe, maybe probably, probably not for me, but... <laughs> Um, okay. So, so then you've, you know, you've played the redraft, you obviously quickly moved on to the dynasty. At what point did you realize, you know what, I kind of want to play in something even a little bit deeper than just this. Well, it, it, right from the beginning, again, I, I like strategy a lot and that's, that's the draw. And 
at the end of the 2014 season, I was starting to look around at some startups. I didn't have a lot of startups in 2014. I had a couple of orphans that I took over and, and tried to build on and a, a couple startups. But at the end of the season, uh, one of the people advertised that they had a Devi league and Devi is short for developmental player. And it was one pick per person and it was startup draft and you could trade your pick or you can take it anywhere you want in the draft. There were rookies and veterans and everybody in the, no, actually there was just veterans and Devi players. The rookies weren't going to be drafted until the, the next spring after the NFL draft. So my very first round of startup, which everybody thought I was crazy, but I took Todd Gurley and the rest is history. That league I'm, I'm, doing very well and I was in the champion or yeah I was in the championship no that one I was in the semifinals and I lost uh I was I was I won the season as the champion but I ended up losing in the semifinals in that one um but I've got a great young team and you get one college player every season it's usually right around the time of the Super Bowl to try to keep the league uh in invested and in, and wanting to do some off-season activities, and then we have our regular rookie draft right after the NFL draft. So started off with just the one development of player, and they go right on your active roster. So that's a strategy in and of itself. You have a 28-man roster in that particular league, and whoever you carry, you could pick somebody that's a freshman in college and have to carry them for three seasons on your active roster, taking up you know potential backup spot and that's one of the things with Debbie leagues you have to look at what your starting requirements are what your active roster the the quantity and how deep it is after that I got into some where you could pick two Debbie players and it's it's a lot more fun the more players that you can get but Developmental players, Devi players, are very risky. Even the guys that you think are really good, uh, if they're a year or two out, it's it's hard to tell. The more information that you know about them, the better it is to be able to tell. But even even with rookies, we don't succeed and hit on every single one of them. So just imagine having less information about a college player. You watch their film, and there's not as much out there on them. You like them, their size, their physical attributes, the way they can catch the ball, and they're dominating at the college level, but projecting that to the NFL and will they be a fantasy football success for you is really tough. Yeah, I, I would imagine there's a pretty high bust rate, but you're yes. hopefully not putting too much capital into them. But uh, I am curious about the keeping it on the active roster. Is that standard? I, I would automatically think they would be on like you know some sort of a taxi squad or even a even like a debbie squad or you know some sort of secondary squad it it varies from league to league i'm in two where they go directly onto the active roster i've got probably half a dozen debbie leagues that i'm in now out of the 40 total dynasty that i'm in and you keep the you keep the college players the entire time if they make it to the nfl they become part of your active roster. I do have some that are much deeper where you can have up to 30 college players on your team and they do go on a taxi squad. So you can each year they graduate and move up onto your active roster. You have to drop the number of players to make room for them. And 
they just stay on your taxi squad until they become either a bust or make it to the NFL. And you can trade them. You can trade them as they're still in college, as assets. Uh, it's hard to gauge the value, though. That's part of the tricky strategy of it. If you have a guy like Nick Chubb that you project as a high rookie pick, he, you would think, is going to be worth what you would ask for the 101 or, or more. And yet he's somebody that may not even make it to the NFL. You don't know that he will. You look at guys like Duke Williams and Deronya Wilson were top Debbie prospects just last year, and nobody wants them even in a six-round rookie draft now. And and it's because at the Combine, they didn't do that well. They weren't as fast as they look in college. They were productive in college. They were big size-wise, but that's what I'm talking about. They They may look like safe players to take, and everybody's – Googling over them and, and ooing and aahing, but uh, the NFL combine and then where they get drafted, if they get drafted in the first three rounds of the NFL, there's a fairly good chance. But even that, as you know, rookie bust rate in the first round, 50, 60%. So, so with that many uh, players, you know, if, if you've got 30 Debbie spots, what does a rookie draft even look like in that league then? Very depleted, and that's, that's where part of the strategy comes into play. If you have a very early pick, there are guys that slip through the cracks, like Devon Parker and Kevin White weren't on anybody's radar in Debbie, and then they be, they were early rookie picks, regardless of the fact that they didn't have as much as early breakout or college production until later on. And there's guys like that every year quarterbacks like Carson's and Paxton Lynch weren't on anybody's Debbie radar. And if you're playing in a super flex Debbie league and you have an early first, that's gold. You strike gold, but the later firsts are more like a third round pick. It's very hard to round a Debbie depleted rookie first. Uh, so that's part of the risk involved as well trading and, and trying to assess the values. How many rounds do you guys typically do in a rookie draft then in, in the Debbie league that's that, that deep? Usually it's a 20 round startup Debbie draft. And then it's six rounds every year after that in the ones that are that deep in the ones where I've got uh, two or three Debbie players or uh, two or three taxi squad, you may have a one or two round Devi draft each year and it's usually kept separate from the rookie draft there are some where they mix the devies in with the rookie draft and you can pick either a top devi or a top rookie that makes it even more strategy would you take a guy like will fuller or do you want to take a guy like 2018 running back saquon barkley from penn state who looks to be a beast and again, it's a roll of the dice. You don't know for sure 100% what he's going to be like. Lex Strunk was a high Debbie pick, and he ended up not even making a blip on a fantasy radar when he made it to the NFL. So 35% is about the hit rate on running backs, and about 23% is the hit rate on wide receivers. Quarterbacks is only about 6%. It's so tough because only about two two quarterbacks on average make it as an NFL starter 
in the last 15 years, two per year on average. And there's 128 Division I college quarterbacks out there. Even try to pick like Cardell Jones uh, was a top prospect just a, a season ago. And Christian Hackenberg, his freshman year was a hot Debbie commodity, but ended up, he may not even be a starter for the Jets ever. So, and, and tight ends are, are just as bad as quarterbacks trying to predict them. The one thing I've found in the pattern for tight ends is if they're a five-star prospect, they have a 100% hit rate of being a starter in the NFL. Hmm. But that's the only position where there's been any kind of correlation to their five-star ranking. That's interesting. I, uh, the, the Debbie aspect does, uh, I mean, it definitely piques my interest. I, I love football. I watch a little bit of college football on Saturday. I'll watch whatever the primetime game is. If I don't have anything else going on, I'll watch the Buckeyes. Uh, but other than that, like I, I don't, I watch the Bearcats if they're on, but other than that, I don't really watch, you know, I don't like sit down on Saturday to watch football the way I do on a Sunday. I'm assuming that if you're in a Debbie league, does that, does that make Saturday almost feel like a Sunday to you then? Absolutely, because it's for the same reason. So you've got uh, three or four college players that are on your roster or your taxi squad, and you're watching to see, you know, are they going to out and get busted this weekend for doing something stupid, or are they going to uh, break their leg or get a setback, or is some freshman going to take their job because they're better than them, or, you know, you, or are they going to shine and, and do like what you expect? And it's fun cheering for them, but it's also just as frustrating. Like, I don't know how many times I've taken a Debbie player and then the very next week they get injured, but it's not a, it's not a season ending or it's a season ending injury, but it's not necessarily a career ending injury. But a guy like Marcus Lattimore that had two major injuries, he was drafted very, very young as a Debbie prospect. And he ended up unfortunately not really being able to do anything. Yeah, he's he's one that uh, kind of brings me to my next question. Uh, with uh, having a Devi player, how quick are you to turn a Devi player if you can just get any profit? You know, you take him whatever round you would take him in, and somebody offers you a pick just you know one or two rounds higher. Uh, are you jumping at that just because you've already profited off of a very high risk investment, essentially? It really depends on the settings of the league and and how I feel my roster is. But I tend to draft a younger roster in the startup to begin with. That way they can kind of grow together and I don't necessarily have to sell my Devi players. I can let them develop and then hit and make an even better profit. So – if there's a guy that's a that's a rookie and I have a lot of faith in him and I've got a real hot named Debbie prospect, I might turn that Debbie player into a, a guy that's already in the NFL and I know where he was drafted and I want him on my team right now and producing right now. More often than not, though, I like the scouting of the Debbie. I like watching college football. I like kind of predict and pick who's going to be the next star, whether it's a superstar elite type guy or just somebody that isn't on very many people's radar, but I like them on tape 
and I have a lot of faith in them. I want to see them develop. That's why I like the really deep leagues because you can take a chance on a guy like James Washington out of Oklahoma State. Great young wide receiver, good hands, but he's not a top 20 Debbie pick generally. He He's beyond that, and he may end up sneaking up on people when he finally makes it to the NFL. Those are the is is watching them develop and are they better when they hit the NFL than most to begin with so uh then like throughout the week I mean do you pretty much just watch football every night I mean college is now on essentially every night that there's not the NFL uh and even on Thursday nights they overlap I mean once football season starts are you football 24 7 pretty much or do you not even try to watch no. all the games? You can't. I, I don't know too many people that can watch all the games. I do record a lot, and I've got, like for NFL, I've got the Sunday ticket, and I know there's some packages. I haven't gotten them. This is my first full season where I will have had those two really deep leagues. So I will want to watch more college games than ever before. I'm SCL. I love the Arkansas Razorback, Razorbacks game religiously, whether it's live or recorded. And because I watch the SEC, I see teams like LSU and Alabama and Georgia and all, you know, Ole Miss and, and Mississippi State and, and all those guys, good rivalries in Auburn. Uh, they've got some really good talent coming up. So that's one of the nice things about being a Razorback fan is I do get to see the SEC has put more NFL first round picks in than anybody else when it comes to the skill position. So just watching SEC network alone, I've got a pretty good jump on the scouting. And then and then uh, you know watching ESPN and at least watching highlights of the other games and YouTube is good. I try to just where I can't watch them live, go find something on the internet too. Okay. So you said YouTube. Uh, are there any other resources then that you use? Uh, NFL Draft Breakdown has a lot of college players, uh, and that's a good way to scout them as well. Okay. Matt Waldman has has a lot of uh, analysis watching film, and, and he's got a lot of the players. He, he doesn't start with this next year until uh, probably mid-season, mid-college fo- mid football season. Things start trickling more and more. So, so say you're the, a commissioner of a dynasty league, and you're wanting to test the waters of transitioning to a Debbie league. One, how do you recommend doing that? And then two, uh, how do you get your other owners on board and interested? How do you sell it to them if there's some resistance? Well, I wouldn't necessarily, if there's resistance, you want to have at least the majority on board and wanting to do it and and excited about it because it is exciting and it is a lot of fun. And you'll find that there are some people just trade their picks and, and just keep their veterans and rookie players. And there are others that will trade for extra Debbie picks because that's what they want. Even if it means they have to, even if they've got two taxi squad spots and then they burn two regular spots just to have the extra Debbie players, they'll do it because to them it's worth it's worth the shot. If you've got four players and one of them hits 
and it would have been in the 101 to 103 rookie range, that's pretty big for your dynasty team. That really helps pump it, you know, with the adrenaline when when they become somebody in the NFL. And even even guys that aren't first round rookie picks can still contribute. It's a matter of patience though. What type of owner are you? So if you're a commissioner of a league and you're trying to get into it, I would say just add one Debbie position, keep it separate from the rookie draft, have a taxi squad, maybe of three players deep so that if people trade, they don't have to necessarily put the Debbie players on their active roster and, and just start there and then see how it goes. And maybe the next year add one additional Debbie pick and make it to transition slowly because that'll get people used to the depreciation of the rookie picks. It'll give them an understanding of the values and how to trade and, and how to uh, rate them a little bit, that kind of stuff. So you guys don't have a Debbie trade calculator yet? Not yet. Working <laughs> on it. Uh, Are you really? I know, yeah. I know that Chad's been working on, uh, more more in the Debbie rankings and projection model and, and things like that. I've written several articles on the kinds of attributes that I'm looking for. I've been studying a lot on hit rates. I, I don't have because it takes so many years for these players to NFL and then figure out uh, where they were drafted in Debbie, it takes a long time to research before you even come close to the, the hit rate. But I do know from some of my research that it doesn't matter where you pick a Debbie player. Don't ever give up and say, well, all the elite guys are gone. All the good guys are gone. You can hit a Debbie player that is elite from pretty much any position. In the 2014 draft in that deep league that I uh, joined a dispersal, I, I, I was looking through their startup draft and Ezekiel Elliott went 60th overall. He went 60th overall. Guys like Mike Davis That's crazy. and Clive Walford were going in front of him. Leon Tickeru was drifted in front of him. Uh, yes, guys like Todd Gurley and Amari Cooper and those guys were drafted in front of him. But the point is, is he was younger. Somebody took a chance on him, and it paid off. Wow. Uh, I can't imagine being that owner that uh... – that took him there and now just gets to see this guy. I mean, that feeling has to be just amazing. Now, granted, it is rare, you know, like you said, the majority of them don't turn out that way, but but to get that feeling from that one player has to just be amazing. Have you ever hit on a player like that from a super deep pick? I Again, I just barely did the startup on one of the deep ones this year okay. and the dispersal draft with the, with the uh, Debbie draft was this year. So okay. I haven't even gone one full season with the deep, deep. Uh, I have done Todd Gurley and Devin Funches were my mm -hmm. first two Debbie picks in, in my first ever league. I did trade to get the extra, the extra rights and uh, they both hit as far as I'm concerned. Gurley is a very big success and I think Funches will be, uh, I don't, think he necessarily will break out this year he will have a better year i'm predicting a year three breakout for him okay um trying to think is there uh any other aspects to devi leagues that we uh that we may have missed just make sure that you read the format before you sign up for it. if you're looking to join a brand new startup 
How do they determine the draft order? Is the draft separate from the rookie draft? Sometimes they'll say, in order to keep them, them straight, the Debbie draft will be rounds one through three and the rookie drafts will be rounds four through six. And when you're trading picks and you're trading a third round pick, you're really trading a first round rookie pick. So you have to be careful each time you get a trade offer and look at it and say, okay, that's a first round rookie pick. It will be, there's probably going to be 20 players, 20 Debbie players off the board. And of those 20 players, probably eight of them are first round picks. So unless this is an early pick, it, it could be a second or third round value. And you've got to just kind of gauge that. And if you get confused and you accidentally trade a a, de- a rookie pick thinking it was just a Debbie pick, you can just ask your commissioner to reverse it, right? Yeah, you must have heard the podcast <laughs> the other night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just listened to that one and uh, was totally on board. It, that's a tough way to learn. And even, I mean, I don't know, I, I, I kind of agree with the people that misclick things because sometimes those boxes are so tiny, but... Even on the computer, I, even on the computer, I, I think it needs to be like a red, a big red font for the boxer check. And I don't know, it, it, some needs to make it stand out more. Yeah, I made a mistake uh, recently on, I looked at my phone and I didn't see the player. I saw the picks. Mm-hmm. I wanted to move up two, sp- two spots in a Debbie draft to, to grab a player that I was interested in. And I, I felt like if I the two spots I might have still been able to get the player that's the thing moving up in Debbie is is risky too because there's no real ADP and and you don't know what your what your league mates are thinking uh there's no there's some okay rankings out there but there's there's nothing that's sense and clear like with rookie drafts even though there's still people all over the place there's pretty if you've been involved in a couple of rookie drafts you know the order and where they generally fall but in a Debbie draft you could see a guy like Nick Chubb go first overall or he might go fifth overall it depends on what other people are looking at what they're looking for what they value and and so it's all over the place so I might have been able to just be patient and wait but I wanted to move up and secure it and I thought I was trading picks for picks and I wasn't going to pay a lot to move up but I missed the fact that Ladarius Green was in the offer as well. It was a counter offer from my league mate. And so when I went to the computer to accept it, just as I clicked accept and okay, I saw Ladarius Green and it's tight end premium. And I was like, are you fucking ki- Are you kidding me? Oh, I was that's so a, sick. But I didn't ask loss. the commissioner to yeah. reverse. Yeah, that is a huge yeah. loss. He went and flipped him for a, for a 2017 first Debbie oh. pick, first round Debbie pick too. It's like, oh, so I, I posted on the message board that that I made the mistake. I said, but I am gonna just suck it up and and take the loss because it's my own fault. But I just wanted you to guys to know that no, I didn't want to move up that badly that I that I was gonna pay picks plus Ladarius Green to move up. But, oh my gosh. Now, so, which way, which way do you prefer? Do you prefer the Debbie to be separate from the rookie or would you like them to be all mixed in? I've had, I've done both and I like it when they're separate, to be honest, just different be- multiple activity times. Yeah. It partly that. And, and partly just because then, you know, everybody else is going to be taking a Debbie player. If, if you've got a finite number, like that's one other wrinkle that some 
commissioners put in. There's 20 total Debbie, and when they're gone, they're gone. Everybody can pick. You can pick as many Debbie players as you want. You can roster as many as you want. But once the league is a total, it's 20, that's it. So that's really and – then, and then they're mixed in with the rookies. So do you take a rookie that you know is in the NFL that has a team that was drafted in the first round, or do you take your shot on a really high Debbie prospect? And then – or do you just sit back and wait and maybe grab one of your sleepers later on in the third or fourth round of the rookie draft when most of the, the rookie talent is waning and then take a chance on somebody – has potential in your eyes to excel and exceed everybody's expectations. Hmm. So that's got to be, that's got to be really a, a different challenge when there's a, a, a league limit on the yep. number of devies, because there's probably at least one or two people that really go hard to the devy and others that just ignore it then. That's, mm-hmm. uh, that's true. That's, and then, uh, that's got to be interesting. And then the other wrinkle is, so out of the 20 players, say that 12 of them are 2017 eligible and all 12 of them come out. That's eight players that are still in the Mm -hmm. 2018 and 2019 that those eight are part of the 20 league total limit. So there's only 12 more Mm -hmm. next season. And, and then there's, so with 12 Debbie, now how do you figure out the value of those picks? It, It, a first could be either a high Debbie pick or it could be a high rookie pick. And I think and I kind so, of like that way. That's a, that, yeah. that way intrigues me. Cause then there's, then there's really variables that just get thrown in there. And it's, I yeah. mean, the, the rookie draft then still, there's probably plenty of value in the rookie draft still. Yes. But well, right. Because it could be either. It could picks, be... You can take some shots on them. Yes. Hmm. So I'm in a couple of leagues that are like that. And I do like that as well. Uh, I do prefer to have them separate, but I don't mind because it's just a whole nother layer of strategy. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I, I think I kind of like that that way. <laughs> you like that one the best? I, do, I think I do like that one the best. I, uh, strategy is I'm, I'm a big fan of strategy, anything that's right. strategy. I've said it on here before. If I can use strategy and go fish against my kids, I, I would love to be able to figure out that strategy to play go fish even. But uh well, then Debbie League sounds like it would be good for you because the more work that you put into it and the more studying, it really can separate your hit rate versus other guys that just, you know, they hear a name and that name has buzz and they don't necessarily watch film. They don't watch anything about them. They just know that the name is is out there. You would have an advantage then. And yeah, that's, that's what where, I like that's is I, that's where I limit myself because I haven't yet gone to the I'm gonna watch my own film. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I haven't I haven't gone there yet. But then like, maybe like I not. said, I just I just <laughs> jumped into Dynasty, so I I already feel that urge to go and like I do feel that urge to go and watch watch clips of people already. I've just kind of tried to fight it off. So Eventually, well, I, I'm not going to be able to. I really like your podcasts because it gets to show your listeners the different variety. Like I play in some IDP leagues. I know you've done some stuff on that uh, just to find out what they're in some flex and start two quarterbacks. And I've even got a triple flex where you can start up to three quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And you want to talk about competitive, just trying to get quarterbacks that, that are starters 
yep. uh, is tough, and they are they are gold in that format. So Devi is is a very fun format. I would recommend it to anybody, especially if you have some Dynasty experience and you want to reach out for that next fix that next hit of of uh dynasty junkiehood uh <laughs> because it is so addicting i i've started with the one devi league with one devi player per season and now i've got half a dozen devi leagues and some of them as deep as 30 devi rosters and i'm looking forward to seeing them over the years and what my hit rate is and how successful that i am and if putting in all this extra hard work and i'm still on the same playing field as everybody else then maybe you know it, whatever but it's going to be fun to see the prospects hit yeah it it definitely does sound like a lot of fun uh i am in one league that has a tiny small amount of devies so i got a little taste of it this year but uh and it was it was fun. It's probably going to be something that I'm going to want to grow. So uh, I think yeah. we'll move on now to the to the out of the league questions. Okay. Uh, so since I now know that you're a Survivor fan, what is your favorite <laughs> type of a Survivor competition? You know, they always kind of repeat the same ones every season. Is there a particular type of competition that you would prefer to compete in? If you're talking about the individual or the team challenges. No, I'm talking about, you know, there's some of those ones that are an endurance one where it's, hey, stand on this tiny little piece of wood for 10 hours and you'll win immunity versus other, you know, the puzzling. Uh, yeah, then I like the personal standpoint, I, I like the puzzles and anything where you've got to think or the ones where you're on the team and, and everybody is blindfolded and you've got to shout out the commands <laughs> and help them find stuff. I uh, hate it, that one. I feel be... so bad for the people. Everything. <laughs> I mean, you oh, know, they're yeah. just like, they're probably like guy. There's a producer off in the background. Hey, tell them to go right. We need, we need somebody to really rack themselves and really get hurt. I do know that Mark Burnett loves to see people get scratched up. He, you know, when you're sliding down the wooden platforms uh -huh. and they get splinters and they get all, they get all bumped up. He loves that. Oh, and sure. uh, yeah, yeah, they, they spend a lot of time working on those challenges, but I like, I like the ones that are combination mm -hmm. between the physical and then you've got to use your brain at the end. When you're exhausted. Uh, the <laughs> Yeah, when you're exhausted, yeah. exactly. A couple times, one was in Burlington, Vermont. Kathy O'Brien lives there, and and she she was having viewing parties during the All Star season, uh, season eight. And so, with the viewing parties, they were raising money for a local charity. And each week, they would have survivors. They'd ask like eight people from the audience to come up, and I got selected. And that particular night was Survivor trivia, and I. I was killing it. I was putting down the people's first and last name before people were putting down the first letter of, of the first name of the guy like uh, who's Captain America. And I had Colby Donaldson out and written down before they even got the C out. And <laughs> were, so were then you all of the, it on a piece of parchment paper. Yeah. Well, you have to write it and then at, at the same time reveal it. And it was, I, I, I won that trivia night and I ended up winning a gift certificate but all of the winners from each of the weeks of the viewing parties got to go to the major finals, which was at uh, the night of the finale. And it was at Tetra Cliffs, which is a rock climbing place. So they had some physical challenges. I had to cross a, a tightrope. And 
I'm, I've always been able to throw a football or any kind of ball. I was good at off ball and, and uh, really good at, at any kind of hand-eye coordination. But balance has never been my big thing. And after <laughs> working on a puzzle, then we had to run and cross a tightrope that's three feet off the ground. There was a mat below, and you had ropes that you could hold on to, but they weren't very sturdy. And I made it across, and my legs were shaking. I got to the end. I had to jump across. And then there was – this thing where I had to hold on to two bricks and have your feet sliding on the other two bricks. And you had to always touch one hand or one foot to two bricks at the same time and go around the corner. And at the beginning you had items on this table and they covered it up. So you're doing all these things and you just have that never give up attitude. Yeah, you broke up there just a little bit at the end. Just just uh, answer me this. How did you finish in that challenge that was combined of all kinds of craziness from Survivor? I think I finished technically third out, okay. of, out of all the people that were there. Um, I had written down nine out of ten, and one guy – one guy collaborated with another guy to get the 10th item. He, nobody could remember all 10. And I host and uh, this other guy, they started collaborating and was collaborating with somebody else that didn't know more than the ones. I had nine, and they didn't know the, the final one. And uh, the tough thing to do is once you memorize them, your next thing was a challenge. Mm-hmm. And if it would have, if it was a physical challenge, you continue to just say in your head what the items were. But you had to immediately go from memorizing ten items to working some numbers on a math puzzle, and then mm-hmm. into the physical challenge. And so it just made it tougher to remember them because I was constantly just running them through my mind as I'm participating. But you can't let it mess up your math either. Um, yeah. So, now, when those when those guys were collaborating, as you said, did you scream out collusion? Did you scream that out? No, no, because at that point they were letting anybody. I mean, you could share with anybody. Uh, Nobody had the ten, uh, and I was just trying to find anybody that. I even asked Kathy O'Brien herself. She didn't have any more than I think seven on her list, and they were the same as what I had. So, well, I think that is a fantastic way to end. Uh, I, the out of the league part that that's great um katie i appreciate you joining me this was a lot of fun i i definitely think i want to i definitely know i will eventually dive more into the Devi. i think i'm going to try and take a season of just dynasty before i haven't even and I, i'm really holding off idp too i've, I've got to hold all this off because right, yep. right now i've got i've got to i've got to just ease myself into this addiction as it goes for i mean uh hobby as it goes further and further so, uh, <laughs> yeah absolutely thanks it's, for it's joining. a lot of fun and it is yeah thanks for having me on and and Give hopefully if i a... inspired anybody <laughs> anybody in your listening audience to join a debbie league then uh, that's a good thing and that is a you good can thing hit me up on twitter if you ever have any debbie questions i'm at ff underscore skyler 399 and i'd be happy to answer any questions anybody has and where else can your work be found? Oh, under the helm, uh, uh right there. And I'm also on their weekly podcast. It's out every Wednesday. All righty. I appreciate you joining me. As for me, you can uh, interact with me. I am at Empire FFL. Show email is fantasyinsanitypod at gmail.com. 
I will say I don't check that all that often. So Twitter is definitely the way to go uh, if you want to, if you have a question for me. As for that, uh, as, as for everything else, you know, uh, thanks for listening and uh, enjoy the insanity. Thanks. Staring at me, staring at this empty room Looked at a thousand different pictures That your mother took of you You see, I had this crazy dream last night This man, he talked to me He told me everything that's good and bad About my history But he said that you You are the future He said that you are You are the future And the future looks good Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.